Hello and welcome to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. I'm your host, Katie Saltzman, personal trainer, nutrition coach, entrepreneur, creator, and expert in teaching women how to take back control of their health, their mindset, and their happiness. Most of you know me as a nutrition coach, but this podcast and this platform is going to be so much more. This is a place where I want to be able to talk about it all. Yes, of course, health and fitness, but also relationships, social media, adulting, hormones, just life. I want this podcast to cover all the ups and downs, and I want you to know that you're not alone. Ultimately, I'm here to give you the confidence to break through what's holding you back, to embrace who you fully are and show up authentically in life. Because life is messy. It's not perfect and it's not meant to be. So grab your wine, a drink, or if you're like me, that chocolate or that ice cream, because it's time to take our stories and the things we go through and make them our superpower. It's time to laugh, cry, learn, and understand that we are all in this together. So let's dive in. I am super excited to dive into this episode. This one is going to be a little bit different. I'm actually interviewing two guests, but they have their own podcast together. And I didn't want to have one without the other because I think they both have so much to offer and just the things that they talk about. I was like, I need both of them on my podcast, not just one. And I met these women in a mastermind that we were all part of and we've stayed connected since. They recently started their own podcast called Your Body Has Your Back that I love and dive into and I get to learn. And what I'm really excited about is that they bring such an element of science to this. And on this show, we talk a lot about the mental and emotional, but I love having people on that dive into the science, but make it really, really absorbable for the listener. And that is what we're going to do today on top of everything else. So welcome Abigail Huber and Jillian Greaves to the show. I want each of you to be able to sort of introduce yourself. So Abby, we're going to start with you. Abby is a gut health expert. So tell us a little bit about like your story and how you got into what you do. Yeah. So my name is Abby Huber, and um, I'm a functional dietitian and gut health expert. So the functional part of that is really that, and Jillian is a a functional dietitian as well, is that we really get into um, what are kind of the root causes that are leading to someone in someone's body to experience symptoms. And when we understand what those, that there are root causes, there's a reason why our body experiences symptoms. We then can actually start to implement nutrition, lifestyle, and targeted supplements through, you know, the guise of an expert to help to actually remedy those root causes so that we don't have to continuously struggle with those. And I really got into this realm uh, through my own personal health. And I struggled for, you know, now 15 years um, of a health journey with chronic constipation, chronic fatigue, and a whole host of other, you know, less flattering symptoms um, that, really led me to kind of question a lot of the conventional information that I was trying to utilize in my own health. I went, you know, classically trained dietitian, and it really wasn't helping uh, more water, more fiber and, um, you know, high, high intensity spin classes and just the like, go, go, go type a, you know, person that I was being wired to be and kind of through the questioning and getting introduced into the world of functional medicine, really finding um, 
a lot of, you know, what I needed, a lot of like softness and um, like understanding that my body's trying to protect me and how do I actually create safety in my own body, the nutrition, the lifestyle, the emotional healing, which is so much of what you talk about um, to really unwind those things in my own health. And I can say, you know, today I do not struggle with those symptoms. And then that is really my goal in my private practice and program is to really help to shrink, um, you know, first identify for women and men that you don't have to live your life just shrinking your life to, you know, walk around on eggshells of your symptoms. You can heal them um, and then to really help people to efficiently and effectively heal so that they don't have a 15 year healing journey. Yeah. What I what I really love about like just your story and what really drew me to you um, obviously is that you're very specific with it, with the root causes, but you're also, you want people to be able to have a life and live life as opposed to like the elimination diet approach where it's just like eliminate all these foods and hope you feel better. And then there's not, there's like no quality of life aspect. Like when does it, when do I create normalcy again? Yeah, that's, I mean, such a platform that like Jillian and I both stand on. And that's like, even the name of our podcast, like your body's got your back. The idea that like, in that healing, like we want to be developing like deep trust and faith that like our body does have our back and we can actually, as a result of, you know, the work that we do and the healing that we can expand our life. We can invite in all categories of foods and, and movement and things that, you know, maybe at one point felt challenging in our bodies, but, you know, with, um, that kind of re reaffirmation of safety in our body, we have a lot of more tolerance to even like stressors and things like that. So it is so possible and um, we see it really, we see it happen every day. Yeah. I love that. Jillian, I want to sort of pivot to you for a minute so you can introduce yourself. So Jillian's a women's health expert and you guys really work hand in hand. I want to dive into like the title of your podcast, but Jillian, first, tell us a little bit about you and your story, where you come from. Yeah. So um, I, um, you know, similar to Abby, I'm a functional medicine dietitian, a women's health specialist, and I have a private practice in in Boston um, where I'm doing similar work to Abby, but kind of um, with a little bit of a different focus in terms of, you know, helping women um, investigate deeper root causes um, and supporting the body with, um, you know, nutrition, lifestyle, targeted supplementation. Um, and in terms of, you know, my, my personal story and what brought me to this work. Um, it's interesting. Uh, Abby and I have talked about this a little bit where our stories in terms of what we were dealing with, you know, physically were very, very different. Um, but the journeys were super, super similar. So, um, my story kind of involved, um, a decade plus on hormonal birth control, um, a period of time where I was burning the candle at, you know, both ends in terms of, you know, working full time, being in grad school, you know, hit training five days a week, running half marathons, eating a plant-based diet and sort of thinking I was like doing all the healthy supportive things for my body. And, uh, things really started to go haywire um, with different symptoms. Specifically for me, it was um, acne, eczema, anxiety, um, hair thinning, and just a lot of, um, uh, you know, not feeling at home in my body or feeling like myself. And, you know, in seeking out support for what I was dealing with, I was kind of tossed around from one one provider to the next and offered, you know, this Band-Aid solution, that Band-Aid solution, and really 
um, was not not willing to uh, accept that these things were just happening for no reason, which really kind of brought me to, to functional medicine and um, seeking out advanced training and, you know, supporting myself with healing in terms of uh, really understanding those deeper dynamics and um, deeply understanding uh, female physiology specifically, which, you know, and I'll kind of say this outwardly, um, at, you know, at the time when I was going through all of this, you know, I um, had an undergraduate degree in nutrition. I worked in nutrition research. I was getting my master's and, um, you know, in nutrition. And I had no freaking clue, um, you know, about anything to do with birth control, my menstrual cycle. And it was, um, you know, fascinating to start to kind of dive into things and also realize that no women uh, really are kind of taught basics about their body, um, their physiology, their health, and kind of how to work um, in alignment with those things. So my experience uh, really motivated me like Abby to um, want to provide women with the support that I really wished I had had when I was struggling. Yeah. And I love that, that you both put such a piece of like education to women on their bodies, because I think so often we're just given like X, Y, and Z to follow instead of actually understanding what's going on. And that's why I was so excited when you said you were starting a podcast and the name of the podcast, I think is absolute gold. It's your body has your back because most women are so disconnected from their bodies. We live in this world where we've normalized all of these symptoms, right? Where you guys just did an episode on um, why weight loss is why like chasing weight loss is ruining your progress. And I know I speak mm -hmm. a lot about that on this episode, but maybe you guys can elaborate a little bit more. I think so often we slap a bandaid on feeling a certain way, whether it's sluggish and no energy, whether it's hair falling out, we're bloated, we're constipated, and we're so weight loss driven that we're not even understanding that like what we're feeling and how we're feeling every day actually isn't normal. We just normalized it. A hundred percent. It's, you know, something we talk about so often is that normalization of, of symptoms and um, people not even really understanding what their healthy baseline is um, because we sort of um, start to adapt to thinking that these things are are fine and it's normal to not go to the bathroom or to have miserable periods. And at the end of the day, these are SOS signals from the body, um, you know, kind of telling us that some things are are off. And, you know, to, to your point about kind of why we started this podcast and, and, you know, women being really out of touch with their, their bodies. Um, this was a big motivator for us. And I think the information that women are getting, um, is either very weight focused, um, and, or it's focused on elimination, restriction, rigidity, external guidelines. And again, it's just like pulling people farther and farther away from, you know, themselves and their innate wisdom and, you know, kind of a lot of the tools that we need to heal. Um, and I think with, with weight specifically, it's, oh gosh, I like, where, where do we begin? It's just like, um, in the, in the, you know, culture we live in. And I know Katie, you talk about this so much and so eloquently, um, but from a very young age, it's ingrained in women that, you know, uh, weight, weight loss and being in a smaller body is the most important thing. And, you know, weight equals health, um, you know, weight yeah. equals happiness or achieving that certain weight. Um, and what we see often in practice is women coming to us wanting to lose weight, um, but also dealing with, you know, a whole laundry list of symptoms, um, kind of screaming at them that is saying, Hey, the, the body doesn't feel safe right now. Um, and it, you know, if the body doesn't feel safe, it is going to continue to resist, um, kind of, uh, settling at a place that feels healthy, um, and settling at a place that, you know, you can 
maintain naturally without feeling like you're fighting against your body. Yeah. Jillian, do you think the pursuit of weight loss is what's caused a lot of these symptoms for women? So it's a great question. And I do feel it is often a big piece of things for the, for the women that I work with where, um, you know, they are pursuing weight loss and therefore they're, you know, intermittent fasting there, which, you know, often I see women implementing that as like, you know, skipping meals, prolonging their overnight fast, which puts a tremendous amount of stress on the female body. Um, you know, women sometimes maybe see some shifts with weight initially, but, um, you know, that stress, uh, especially for women of reproductive age is, is going to be very damaging metabolically. Um, you know, I see women going, su- you know, super low carb, trying keto, you know, doing all the very rigid restrictive things that again, go, go really against female physiology. And what we know is going to be supportive with, you know, helping to build lean muscle and helping to support metabolism. So, so yeah, I, I would say in a lot of cases, um, the things that women are implementing, um, in the name of losing weight and, you know, what they feel is, is maybe health promoting is actually taking them so much farther away from their, their health goals and creating further dysfunction. Yeah. It's like, they just continue to do it and they don't realize that it's just completely working against them. Yeah. Um, you know, this is and, a quite, oh, go ahead. I was going to say when, um, and you know, Abby and I talk about this a lot too, where oftentimes when we're, you know, women are not seeing results or maybe they're experiencing more symptoms, uh, the knee jerk reaction is often like restrict harder or like fast harder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of puts us further in the hole and women blame yeah. themselves and feel like I must be doing something wrong. I have to, you know, be, be more rigid and, and white knuckle it. But um, it's really the opposite, opposite of what we want to do in terms of, you know, yeah. getting to a place that feels really great. We're taught if we're not getting the results that we want to be hard on ourselves, you know, to like, we're doing something wrong. We're not being consistent enough. Let me, you know what, let me not take a rest day. And we just keep pushing harder and harder until I think until you get to a point where all all three of us were, where we're like, there has to be another solution. There has to be something else out there. Yeah. And I think too, what we're, you know, what this, that kind of mentality and approach is missing that like weight is a symptom. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that is our body communicating to us. Like, Hey, we're holding on to reserves. Like it's, you know, the only thing that's keeping us on this planet. Like our because best it friend. is I'd like literally like our body is like, we're so proud that we like have all this extra adipose tissue. Like you're not going to fall off the face of the planet. Like we got you and your body's like, like smiling at you being like, look at this extra energy that we have. Like, because like, there's clearly a threat from your environment, like coming at you from a bunch of different angles, but your body doesn't know that you're like, no, I'm purposely not eating for hours and hours. Like, no, I'm purposely restricting calories. I'm purposely doing these things. And it's like, we're fighting against just as Jillian said, like our own female physiology. I like love the way she says that. And reality, it's like, if we just look at weight as a symptom, like, yes, it can be a symptom of our nutrition and our lifestyle, but like more so, particularly for the women that are hearing this, that are like, wait, I'm doing the more, I'm doing the more and I'm doing the stress and I'm doing the things. And it's like, that weight is telling you that it's like, Hey, like we got to do things different and not more. Quite frankly, often we need to do do less, like do the, less. the art of less. We were talking about that on our last podcast episode. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like there is this like abundance of information on the internet and social media and gut health and hormones are buzzwords right now, right? Like, like balance your hormones, heal your gut. Oh, you see it all the time. And I think women automatically you're drawn to that, right? Cause we think that's going to be the one thing. And again, going back to the piece of like, we're so disconnected from our bodies that we're instantly drawn to these like big buzzwords. Where do you think women start with determining if it's 
a hormone issue, if it's a gut health issue, like how would they even go about determining that? Cause I feel like some symptoms are the same for a lot of different things. Yeah. I think a good, a good place to start is kind of like taking stock of like how your body is communicating to you. So like, you know, kind of going by symptoms, like in, you know, functional medicine, like we validate symptoms just as much as we validate testing and we validate, you know, lifestyle changes and things. So like symptoms can tell us a lot. So, you know, are, are symptoms very much dominant in terms of like struggle with digestion, or is there a lot of more, um, like painful periods and heavy periods and, um, like migraines or headaches around your cycle and, and kind of, you know, those can be very intertwined and we're going to speak to those, um, a little later, but it's like, I would say the next is, is really thinking about like, do, you know, and we talk about this often of like, do I have the big rocks in place? Because those are, you know, the foundations of like the foods that I'm eating and, you know, am I eating enough? very foundational, like we're talking calories and, you know, macronutrients. So protein, fat, carbohydrates, like, are you eating enough based on like how much, you know, you as like the size and age and sex that you are, um, and, and certainly exercise, you know, to compensate and, you know, are you have like the sleeping and stress and, um, you know, blood sugar and some of these big foundations, because we can see a lot of those symptoms like start to fall away, be it digestion or hormone, because we are the way that our bodies are working are, are basically, we are a container of our environment. Mm -hmm. So if we are creating, you know, stress in the body, because we're not doing the big rock foundations, we're not sleeping, we're, you know, not practicing balanced blood sugar, we're not eating enough, we're creating stress. And those would all be stressors. Like we can experience gut health symptoms, so digestive symptoms and hormone symptoms. And really it can be some of these kind of foundations. And so that's really like Jillian and I started your body has your back really to say like, Hey, this information you have access to right now, and you can start practicing it like right now at your next meal tomorrow. Like these are the things that we hope that many of our clients are already doing when they, you know, if they need additional support through stubborn constipation or loose stools or things that they're like, man, I'm doing it all in terms of, you know, the, the big rock protective supportive mm -hmm. foundations. And I'm continuing to, to struggle with, you know, these symptoms or I've PCOS that I can't quite, you know, master. And, um, and I think, you know, in the ways that we practice, certainly like I am much more kind of digestive health focused, Jillian's much more hormone health focused, but like we do both because, you know, someone who's struggling with chronic constipation also has, period symptoms or, you know, skin symptoms or brain fog symptoms. And so it's like, I'm, I'm not just tunneling vision at the gut and forgetting the fact that this is like a female sitting in front of me. Who's, you know, of oftentimes like, um, you know, having an active cycle and all of these things, like we need to be, you know, mindful that like we are an interconnected being. So, yeah. so many of the, the practices that we put in place are like nourishing of like the 360 degree ooh, human that's in front of us. I love that you said the rock foundations, because I think, you know, look, we all support supplementation, but supplements are there to do that support an already sound foundation. And so often we just go after the supplements wanting those to fix it not understanding. It's like, we're, we're skipping over hundred dollar bills to pick up pennies, right? We're skipping over like the big important things that make such a big difference, like our sleep, like our stress, like eating enough calories, understanding that like, if those aren't in place, those supplements aren't going to do a lot. It's such a good point. It's like 
I, I actually was going on a, on a rant about this yesterday um, in a little bit of a different context, but it's, it's, you know, um, it's cute, confusing for consumers, first of all, because, you know, like to your point, gut health, hormones, they're like, you know, buzzy words right now. They're incredibly important, but they are buzzy words. And, um, you know, a lot of the messaging is telling women that the shiny objects and, you know, the, the supplements and the testing and the, this and that, um, are, are what they need. And, you know, these things are going to be the solution. Um, and they can be an important piece of the puzzle, but they are, we, uh, actually refer to it as like the cherry on top, you know, where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we really need to work methodically through, um, the foundational pieces and then the supplements can help fill in the gaps or help, you know, move the needle more therapeutically with whatever we're working through. Um, yeah. But it's just it's it's confusing for consumers. And and I will say, too, that um, we very often work with clients that um, come to us having worked with other providers and other functional uh, medicine providers often. And they've done all the fancy testing and they've done, uh, you know, tons of uh, rounds of different supplements. And, you know, we get into things and I find out that um, no one has talked to them about basic eating hygiene. Right. So how to actually support your digestive system, which has a huge impact on the gut microbiome, you know, no uh, amount of, you know, gut supportive foods or gut supportive supplements are going to make a difference if um, we have really crappy, poor eating hygiene and we can't break down and digest food optimally. Um, yeah. Or, you know, no one has asked uh, an individual, do you eat breakfast? You know, are you getting enough protein? And yeah. it's, it's, you know, not the sexiest or the most exciting thing to, to kind of come back to. But the the foundations are impactful and it will give women clarity around what actually may need deeper investigative work, if anything at all, at the end of the day. Yeah. What do you think is proper like hygiene for nutrition, for eating? Like what are the main things that you you follow or go over with women? For for eating hygiene specifically? Yeah. yeah so um, so this is this is, you know, uh I feel like such a, a thing that gets overlooked practitioners, consumers. So um, eating hygiene is, is the basics of how you eat, how you are supporting digestion and um, digestion really, it starts in the brain. So when you look at food, you see food, you know, you're, you're smelling your food. Um, many of us, um, and I'm guilty of this certainly at times too, uh, many of us are eating, you know, while we're glued to our phones or you know, watching TV, you know, or responding to emails, maybe we're editing all three a of those things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. man, I really hit that on beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of us are eating super distracted and, um, that, you know, kind of uh, first part of digestion where we're, uh, before we even take a bite is referred to as the cephalic phase of digestion. So, um, that is where we produce, um, up to like 20% of digestive secretions. So an important, you know, kind of aspect of actually breaking down, you know, our food well. Um, and then, you know, I think about, um, chewing. So, uh, mm -hmm. it sounds again, really simple and, and maybe a little silly, but, um, if you kind of pay attention to how, how well do I chew my food? Um, I will often, you know, say to clients aim for baby food texture and just see how, like what that feels like and how long that takes you. Um, and it's often, you know, pretty, pretty shocking how little we chew our food. Yeah. And, you know, if we are eating quickly, uh, we're not chewing our food and we're huffing down big hunks of, you know, food particles, we're not leaving enough time for our body to produce stomach acid, bile, pancreatic enzymes. Um, and we're swallowing these huge pieces of food that are going to be super hard for the body to actually like 
you know, break down and metabolize and absorb nutrients from. Um, and the, the last, you know, kind of big thing I think about or big rock I think about with eating hygiene is um, the nervous system and kind of the state that the body is in when you are eating a meal. So, you know, a lot of us are kind of uh, operating uh, day to day just with our, you know, kind of modern world and stressors um, in a sympathetic state or a, you know, kind of fight or flight mode. Um, and when we were, when we are in that fight, uh, fight or flight mode, we cannot break down food well. So digestive secretions are suppressed, you know, blood flows diverted away from digestive organs and, um, it has a huge impact on digestion. So, um, even just kind of like pausing to do a quick, like body scan, take a couple, you know, slow controlled deep belly breaths to, yeah, tell the brain, you know, I'm safe and we can activate that, um, you know, rest and digest branch of the the nervous system, it can make a massive difference in how people are feeling in an immediate sense, but also kind of thinking bigger picture with just, um, you know, gut health and like absorbing nutrients that are needed for optimal hormone function. Um, so again, it sounds silly and simple, but it's a practice. And for, for me too, it takes, you know, kind of uh, mindfulness and kind of bringing myself back to remember like, all right, let me, you know, close the computer and the phone and yes. you know focus on chewing and you know taking a few few breaths so we live in this multitask world of let me try and multitask and get this email out and get this done while i'm eating and doing something else and then you realize that like it's actually that's not how it was meant to be and that's not always a good thing and we can't like multitask to a better a better health right sometimes it's not the more it's the actually slowing down. And that has made the biggest difference for me is like just being aware of it, even like listening to this podcast and being aware of like how food is processed and how you need to slow down and three deep breaths before each meal. That to me was something that was really doable and tangible that could really help. So, um, I, I love that idea. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I work obviously with so many people with like digestive, acute digestive issues. And, um, you know, we'll all have, you know, someone being like, yeah, and there's like constantly like maldigested food in my stool. Like I'll see like full pieces of food. And I'm like, well, can we pause for a second? And just how did it get there? Like, you know, obviously there's like chronic loose stools are a thing. And sometimes we have to go deeper than that. But it's kind of like, if you're seeing like full pieces of lettuce or like full pieces of food in your stool, it's like, oh, well, it got past my teeth. So, you know, maybe what I need to reflect on is like, you know, slow down because that can also be a a part of a nervous system thing. We're hover, like, you know, putting things and then our lower gut is like eject, eject, eject. Like we got something in here that we don't want anymore. And it comes out, you know, very fast. And then we can deplete ourselves of hydration and minerals because we, you know, aren't getting opportunity to absorb them. And, and then all of a sudden we're getting, you know, then we're getting lightheaded and then we're getting, and it starts, we get this, like, I call it the snowball effect. Like all of a sudden, because of, you know, missed opportunities in, digestion and absorption from like one of our most, you know, important functions in the body, then we're starting to get like the lightheadedness or brain fog or, um, you know, kind of fatigue and, and things. And it's like, what, you know, let's, let's start to pull the thread on the sweater and see like what, as we, you know, do these foundations and it's, you know, when I'm like, all right, we're going to talk about, um, chewing, my clients are like, 
how long are we talking about this for? I want to talk about, you know, like all this yeah. other cool stuff that yeah. I thought you were going to talk to me about. Come I'm on. Like, tell yeah, me how to yeah, eat. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, tell me what, tell eat. me what not yeah. to eat. Yeah. Punish Literally, me. Like, give <laughs> give <laughs> me a list of food I'm not supposed Literally. to eat. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I was like, and I'm going to hold space for you to not like me for a little bit. Cause you're going to like me a lot after yeah. we, you know, talk about like meals. After spaces. you chew 30 and- times. <laughs> Oh, yep. Definitely. 15 to 30 times is like typically what makes that baby yeah. food, but definitely baby foods. I'd say it and I'm like, this is a very unattractive way to talk about food, but we're going to go baby food. <laughs> we're going to go with it. Yeah. Abby, something you talk about a lot, um, and I want to dive into a little bit is you talk about detox and absorption a lot. And I love this because it takes it to a deeper level than just like cut this out, cut that out. It's like, actually, how do we get our body functioning properly? Can you talk a little bit why about why, like, and this is where like calories in calories out completely goes out the window because it's how well your body can handle the calories and process them and break them down. So talk a little bit about, um, detoxing and absorption. Yeah. So this is kind of where, you know, the gut is part of our detoxification system. So, and our detoxification and more specifically our drainage system and drainage is often like maybe a newer word, um, to, to some of us. And, but this is where like detox is the packaging up of waste, be it, you know, hormonal waste, be it metabolic waste, be it like chemicals from our 21st century world. Like everything gets kind of packaged up in the liver predominantly. And then how do we take it physically out of the body? Well, it leaves the body through our stool, through the gut. And one of our digestive substances, one of our, in you know, not to play favorites here, but one of my favorite digestive substances, <laughs> our bile, which is kind of like the ugly step sibling of the digestive world, I'd say it doesn't get enough credit, um, is, is part of our detoxification system of that vehicle with which those wastes get kind of pushed into the small intestine, it's also plays a role in the gut for our breaking down of dietary fat and absorption of our fat soluble, um, vitamins like vitamin A, D, E, and K, which have a significant impact on our immune health and our bone health and so many other functions of the body. It's a self-cleaning mechanism for our gut. So we think about, you know, conditions, um, like 70% of IBS is usually associated with a condition called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO. And, you know, we're always questioning like, well, how is SIBO, how's this, this bacteria able to get into our small intestines? It's not supposed to be there. Bile is the self-cleaner of the small intestine. So you're like, oh, is it actually maybe some congestion in this area um, in our, in our detox and drainage pathways, or, you know, are we actually stressed because stress can congest our bile flow. And so we're starting to then kind of get this understanding of like, oh, if we can't get our, you know, if there's congestion and I like the word congestion, cause it's almost like this is going to sound gross. But like, if you think about our liver and our bile is like the drain in a bathtub, if there's just a lot of stuff that's trying to come through that drain and we've got like, you know, a bunch of like hair and stuff stuck in the drain, like the drain will still drain. It's not like you or you're not detoxing because it's that idea of like, oh my God, you're human. You got a liver. You're doing great. Like just don't even do anything about it. Like anyone who says otherwise is just like silly. But the idea that like sometimes we need a little extra support, but that support can look like many different things. That support can look like slowing down and actually supporting the bile production that starts in our brain with that seeing, smelling, bitter foods. So some of the foods that we invite into our meals, 
It can, you know, hydration and minerals are a big part of it because what's bile made out of. Um, so there's a lot of pieces that that we can start to invite in that almost have very little to do with like what we're eating at a certain point. And certainly like that plays a role too, but how well we break down our food is how well we absorb it and the surface area and the speed of which it moves through our system. And that drainage system is a huge part of it. And I think for women, particularly over the age of 30, that's where I think that like drainage system does need some like TLC and, you know, things like bitter foods, like these like bitter, um, lettuces, like we've got our endive and our radicchio and like lemon rinds and, um, cranberries and, uh, ginger and things are all these bitter tasting foods, even like fermented foods all have a really wonderful role in supporting that. So, um, just to kind of give examples, cause I think then people are like, oh my God, so I do need a detox. You're like, whoa, 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 yeah. hold on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love the like tangible things that we can add in to mm-hmm. help support. So you think like bitter foods, slowing down, you mentioned minerals and I want, this is a, I told them before, I'm like, I want to dive into this on this episode because this is something that's, it is becoming not really a buzzword, but like it's being talked about more, especially I think with sodium and it's shocking women in particular, because one, we're told that the more sodium we have, the more bloated we're going to be, we're going to hold on to water. And then we were also taught for a long time to lower sodium to like keep blood pressure in check. And but now we're seeing studies come out that are almost opposite of that. So I'm curious if you can elaborate more on minerals, why they make such an impact, why sodium isn't the devil and why it's not just obviously sodium that we need. Yeah. So, um, so minerals are, and I, I love that they're, they're getting, you know, so much more attention, which is very, very exciting. They're having their, their moment. Um, so they minerals, deserve a moment. They deserve I'm like right? those minerals. They've been overlooked. <laughs> and you know, and sodium has been like, you know, putting the corner Mineral with the dunce cap on poor her. Sodium. Like, yeah, poor sodium. Um we're we're you know bringing sodium back. But um, yeah, moment of science for sodium. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. So um so minerals are super, super important. Um, and we have, so we have macro minerals, we have, have, uh, micro minerals, minerals or trace minerals. Um, but when we're talking about minerals, really, we're talking about, um, you know, our macro minerals. So sodium, magnesium, potassium, some of these, um, you know, really key minerals that the body need, uh, needs in abundance. And, um, you, uh, people may have heard, uh, this said before, but essentially, uh, minerals do act like these spark plugs for our cells. So they are, um, supporting a lot of different, uh, reactions, enzymatic reactions in the body so that we can just like function optimally on a basic level. Um, and across the board, we need all of these minerals and minerals don't, you know, kind of work or act in isolation. Um, but in particular, in thinking about, um, well, actually, to, to take a step back more broadly, so we need minerals to support the nervous system. Um, if we are deficient in minerals, it can create dysregulation with the nervous system. Um, and, you know, when we are stressed and there's nervous system dysregulation, we actually burn through a lot of minerals. Um, our soil is very depleted in minerals. So it is very, very difficult to get, you know, um, adequate minerals, even from mineral rich foods. So it's just more challenging with stress being pervasive and that kind of depleting minerals, not being able to get enough, 
uh, through food. Um, and then it's this kind of vicious cycle where um, we're then kind of amplifying uh, that that stress dysregulation in the body. Uh, minerals are also needed to, you know, um, involved with insulin sensitivity. So blood sugar balance um, involved with um, actual cellular hydration. So you can drink, you know, gobs and gobs of water. But if you don't have enough of, you know, the appropriate minerals present to bring that into your cells, um, we're not actually, you know, hydrating. Um you know, uh, minerals, magnesium uh, and sodium and potassium, really um, all of them, but, you know, some more than others uh, we need for mood and, you know, mental health. And, you know, they're involved with neurotransmitter production and and um, thyroid function. So minerals are, are really, really uh, key for the body. Um, with sodium in particular uh, and recommendations, broad recommendations around limiting sodium, um, especially for individuals uh, related to like, you know, blood pressure, like you mentioned, um, these recommendations were based on some uh, old kind of shaky, not great research. And um, there's a lot of that actually in our, our you know, there's dietary guidelines. I mean, like, she says like, it so nicely. <laughs> Done only on men too. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like these small studies, like, you know, poorly done. And we have gobs and gobs of, of data since then that are moving us in a different direction. But our guidelines are still saying, you know, something different. And, you know, there's a lot of provi providers that are not trained in nutrition that are just perpetuating these like really bad recommendations of, you know, low sodium. Um, but at the end of the day, we need a lot more sodium than um you know, than was once thought. Um, on average, I think it's estimated that most people, if they're kind of eating, uh, consuming sodium to taste, um, you know, naturally need around like 4,000, you know, milligrams of sodium on average. And, you know, if you don't have have high blood pressure, the recommendation was to, to keep sodium at like 2,500 or, you know, 2,000 milligrams in below or below. And um, if That's you- That's the daily work, guideline is 2,000. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. For like the general- pop, you know, he healthy yeah. individuals. And um, we also know now too, that people with, um, you know, issues with high blood pressure, there, there is uh, like a small subs uh, subset of the population that, um, you know, uh, can experience some, some issues with, with blood sugar, if sodium consumption is, um, you know, really high, but for the majority of adults, it's having, you know, uh, reducing sodium is having no positive benefit on, you know, yeah. Um, preventing, you know, issues, further issues with blood sugar, lowering, uh, uh, sorry, blood pressure, heart disease, anything like that. So, um, we, we actually really need sodium. It's essential. And the, um, kind of restriction of sodium is, is creating a lot of, uh, issues for people. And we, we see that in practice in an immediate sense in terms of, I think for both, you know, Abby, you and I, um, uh, minerals are really foundational, you know, when we start working with a client, even before we have test data and things back. Um, and people notice a massive difference with, you know, energy, mood, anxiety, sleep, um, digestion. So, you know, and even, you know, kind of the the ease of their their period. So it's um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And and just to mention too, with what you mentioned around the the bloating piece of things, yes. um, there's again, uh, minerals don't act in isolation. So oftentimes, um, 
you know, one, if we've kind of been avoiding sodium and then we just, you know, are, are blasting ourselves with a bunch of sodium and isolation, yeah, it's probably going to cause, you know, some uh, fluid retention. Um, if we ease into it and we also bring in potassium, which is a really uh, big, important piece of this, um, we bring in the potassium, that's where we don't see that fluid, you know, that fluid retention, um, you know, kind of feeling swollen, anything like that. And take it slow focused on sodium and potassium um, and ideally magnesium. And it can be pretty, you know, life-changing. Yeah. Do you uh, like have a recommendation or like a supplement that you usually have women start on? Is it just cracking salt in their water? Like what do you usually have them go to? Yeah. So it, it kind of, you know, depends on the individual and I like to kind of tease through, you know, what they like, what's going to be easy, easy for mm -hmm. them. Um, and there's a lot of different, you know, pr like products and powders and and things out there. I will say right off the bat, magnesium is something that that typically needs to be supplemented in in isolation, mm -hmm. um, just because of of the quantity that we need and and actually being able to like put that into you know a mineral electrolyte powder, um, and you know it, it's very rare for us to say that someone could you know or, you know, broadly, everyone could benefit from, you know, taking one thing or supplementing, you know, with one thing, but minerals and magnesium in particular is uh, yes. one of those things. Um, but yeah, so I think like a, an encapsulated uh, magnesium is is typically going to be best um, since we want, you know, sort of higher doses there. But in terms of electrolyte mineral powders, mm -hmm. so many options. Um, a couple that, um, you know, we like are um, Element, uh, which is really popular, Right. I do wish it had a bit more uh, potassium. Potassium, um, I know. Yeah, but you you can you can you know kind of doctor it up and um, you know add a potassium source. You can prioritize you know potassium rich foods. Um, I really like um, bumble root. That's probably my my favorite powder, um, which is a food based mineral powder, and it um, is a really really rich source of potassium. Um, lower in sodium. So you can kind of customize and add your own sea salt to, to ramp that up slowly. So that's a great one. Um, Relight is another, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, Jigsaw adrenal cocktail. Yeah. So it kind of depends on, on, you know, the taste and all of that, but ultimately in an ideal world, um, in a mineral beverage, I would like to see like at least, uh, you know, 500 milligrams potassium and, and about that much or a little more of sodium. Awesome. I love it. I feel like that's a good, a good guideline to go off of. That was one question yeah. I had. I'm like, where, where is like a base guideline, even though it's hard to generalize any sort of supplementation. Um, okay. So this is, I want to sort of bring it back to re like reconnecting to your body a little bit. And obviously you have gut health, you have hormone health, you have thyroid health, and a lot of women are experiencing different things. Is there typically one, like, is it a trickle down effect? Is there one that it starts with for most women or is it different for all women? Like what are some telltale signs that something is going on in your body? I, that's a really good question. I think, um, I mean, it can come from a couple different angles. I think, you know, the first would be like from stress, which like I know kind of feels especially, um, trying to make it more tangible of thinking about stress certainly can be psycho-emotional, but it also can be like blood sugar. It can be under, you know, under fueling from a calorie or macronutrient, specifically probably like carbohydrates perspective. Um, it can be from a like over exercise, maybe with under fueling or, you know, prolonged fasting. So it's like thinking of the tangible stressors, maybe the physical stressors, and that can then have impacts on 
the gut, we can start to like, you know, if we're under fueling or over exercising, we can pull protein sources from the gut leading to um, permeability or that leaky gut dynamic and then kind of inflammation. And that's where we can get not only gut symptoms, we can also get skin or aches and pains and joint inflammation. And um, it can show up in other areas, even brain fog. Um, and it, it can certainly also, you know, show it, it's a little bit of, um, I almost kind of talked to it a clients of like, it's, it's kind of depends on like your body's like unique, um, Achilles heel in a certain like vein, like a lot of like where Jillian and I both found ourselves in our own personal stories were kind of because of that stress dynamic. We, mm -hmm. you know, both of us were stressing our bodies in like similar, but different ways. Um, over exercise, I was definitely under eating. Um, I think there was a component of that with her. And even we both were, you know, trying all these different types of, of restrictive diets to see like, can we, you know, either curious about them or is this a healing mechanism, what have you, but mine showed up very much that I had, you know, always a very regular cycle, wasn't terrifically symptomatic anything, but I had very challenging digestive symptoms and, and energy symptoms were pretty much the, the dominant symptoms in my unique body. So that's my Achilles heel. Whereas like Jilly's kind of more showed up in her like hormonal symptoms and period experience and hair loss and skin eczema, things like that. So a little bit of like, you know, what's going to play out in that unique person's body. And that's really what we do with our clients is kind of help to educate them, like through the lens of the communication of their body, like what's your unique story? Because then we can, we can have like a, like, as we, you know, cause life is lot not linear, like stress will happen. And, you know, certainly as things get, you know, busy in our lives, we can, maybe get a little loose with some of our foundations. And then it's like, oh, wait, like I, my, you know, certainly like constipation might be coming back or something. And it's like, oh, wait, this is my story of stress. All right. Let me take my audit of all of the things that I know to be those big rock foundations. And is there something that maybe I'm overlooking? Is there something that maybe, you know, is kind of coming up in my, you know, life where I can really be a little bit more thorough? Um, and so I think that can be, you know, a piece, but then it's like, as if we're, if we've been entrenched in maybe those stress dynamics for a, a prolonged period of time, that's where we can start to see then, you know, maybe there became an opportunistic infection in the gut because of some of a low immune system in that like stress dynamic that allowed like an infection to take place. So that allowed bacterial overgrowth because of the, um, you know, maybe dysregulation in our like eating patterns and congestion to our drainage systems. And, um, so we can then start to look at some of those bigger root causes, which, you know, mm -hmm. could be inflammation in the gut could be infection. We're talking everything from like a parasite to bacteria to like fungal, mm -hmm. um, you know, it could be maldigestion because we're not producing enough of these digestive substances. So that's really where, you know, in the work that like I will do of kind of really understanding and Jillian too, of like through the lens of like, all right, what are these maybe more entrenched dynamics that maybe started as a result of some of this top down that now are feeding from the bottom up. I hope that made sense. <laughs> no, that makes, that makes total sense. And I, I love how you like sort of rolled that out as far as like, this is your unique story and you have to figure out your body and connect to it and figure out what, what direction to go. Where do you feel like is, is the line for women to like really be able to ask for more support because I know something I hear all the time with women is I've tried it all. I've seen so many people and nobody can help me and they feel really discouraged. Right. And I know a lot of, a lot of women listening can probably relate to that as they do feel like they've tried it all and they never made headway. So where do you think that, like, what do you think is a good place to start? 
if they feel like they've addressed the stress and maybe they haven't addressed it as much as they need to, but in their mind, they've addressed it. They've done the things and they feel like hopeless almost. Oh yeah. And I, I, you know, so, so feel for women in that position and especially when they've been at it for a long time and they're struggling and they're just stressed and and exhausted. Um, so, you know, I, I think with this question, I, I kind of bring it back to what Abby was saying earlier in terms of, you know, I, I know oftentimes we, we feel like we've, we've, you know, done all the things and I want to acknowledge the the work that's been put in, but that's the typical client that we work with in terms of we have tried all the things we have seen all the providers um and we are still bringing it back to the fundamentals and often seeing you know big holes and those internal stressors so you know first i just want to you know again drive home the fact that you know stress is not just emotional and the internal stressors of you know the underfueling the fasting um you know the nutrient deficiencies all the things uh these are these are what we are seeing um you know create a lot of issues so taking it back to um let me assess uh one how my body is communicating with me and then two my habits my core habits with you know um eating consistent you know well-rounded meals um getting 7 to 9 hours of sleep getting out for um you know sunlight and you know gentle movement um you know just really kind of bringing it back and assessing those habits and um you know this is something that i do um you know as a as a practitioner in terms yeah. of like um you know can get can drift off a little bit and um you know we do this for a living and i'll kind of reassess like what's what's creating this disruption for me personally um when my sleep is off so if i start waking up in the early hours of the morning i know that um you know my body is stressed um and that's how it presents for me so that's where i know i need to kind of take a step back and assess like how am i uh, prioritizing safety in my body. What is taking me away from that safety? Is it, you know, I'm going too long between meals because I've been busy. Um, you know, what's, what's going on here. So I think assessing those fundamental habits. And if you do feel, and Abby and I, you know, really, and I think you talk about a lot of these, these things here. Um, so I think your audience has like, you know, a great starting point. Um, Abby and I kind of our whole first season of our podcast was step by step fundamentals of, everything that we're talking about. So if you do kind of do a little audit of those habits and then, um, you know, feel like you really are doing all the things, seek, seek help, um, you know, yeah. seek out working with someone that, um, truly understands, you know, what's going on and is going to, you know, help you do that deeper investigative work. Um, Abby and I always like to, um, remind clients that um, your provider works for you. So if they're not willing to collaborate and to be a partner and to listen um, and to dig deeper with you, then it sounds like we need to find a new provider to partner with. Um, so I think finding that right support. I, I will also say too, maybe you are someone that, you know, is, you know, you're still working through holes with the fundamentals, or maybe you're just confused about like, where, what do I do? Where do I start? You know, shit's all over the place. Um, it's okay to seek out, you know, help at that mm -hmm. point too. And I think, um, you know, the most important thing is that it feels, you know, right for you and that we're being methodical in how we're working through things. And we're not just looking at the shiny things and we're, you know, working through the fundamentals and then bringing in these other tools and modalities, um, in a supportive way. I love that. The shiny object syndrome gets women. It does. It, it does. Definitely. And, and to say, you know, we, we are, and I know you do too, Katie, like we constantly stress the fundamentals because we do see that those are 
so profound in in some of the areas that you know haven't really been like loved up on enough you know maybe it's like well i was doing that and you're like oh for how long and it's like like a month or two and i didn't see like massive weight loss as a result of it and it's like oh well okay we you know we're talking like six months yeah how long were like, you doing the opposite for yeah but like, exactly yeah so reflection on, on like that and then you know recognizing like there can be some like you know, major root causes that are out of our control. Like I will share part of, you know, my story was mold toxicity. Mm-hmm. And like, I, you know, very much was like, got to a point of like, this is not right. Like something's not right. And I went to like my, you know, community, Jilly being part of it and being like, listen, like I got to think out of the box. Cause like, I literally am doing everything within my own power. And like, I am stuck and things are getting worse. And like, this is, this does not fit any of the things that, you know, I can understand around my head around and then getting some of that testing and clarity and knowing like, oh, like this is a stressor that's coming from an environment that I don't have control over. And that is, you know, causing mass inflammation and disruption in my internal body. And I can't see it and I can't smell it and I can't touch Mm it um, in terms of where, you know, in my apartment, I no sign whatsoever. So you know, just bringing that up as like, uh, cause I know there's probably some people that are like, but I, I told you I'm doing all the things. And you're like, you are. Yeah. And that's where like, we come in to say like, all right, we're going to help to like either reaffirm that like, man, mm-hmm. you are doing all the things like, all right, you're let's understand crazy. like, yes, totally. Like what's underneath there. Cause we believe you. And I think yeah. that's where, you know, what we can see often with, um, clients that come to us having worked with like so many other providers and and maybe even like just in the conventional world of like, but your labs look so great. You like look like the mm-hmm. epitome of health. And they're like, but like, you know, I'm struggling in XYZ place. And it's like, they're not getting validation of like, if you don't feel vi- vital in your own body, like then there's a reason for that. And, you know, yeah. we want to help people to get there through, you know, some of the things that we have day-to-day experience in our own lives and we can, you know, do those fundamentals, but then there are things, you know, if as an example, mold toxicity, which like now I work tremendously with and Jilly sees it often like in our practices as like maybe the piece of someone's puzzle or a piece of the puzzle, not, you know, how everyone hear this and being like, I must have mold toxicity, but like it happens and it's more common than we think. And it's just one of those stress dynamics. So again, we're coming back to stress. It's going to dysregulate the nervous system and do all these things. But it's like, so we're still doing the foundations as the part to get us out of there, but then there's a little bit extra. And that's where those like targeted supplements and testing and things like that could be really helpful. I think there's so much power in like being vulnerable with how you're feeling and your symptoms. And then also having a really trusting, supporting um, system around you of people that understand you and are listening to you. Cause I think a lot of women do feel like they're crazy. And that's why I love both of you because you're so relatable and you're like, we've had these symptoms. We struggle with all of these things and you give amazing, like foundation, really tactical things with like a little sprinkle of biohacking too, because you two are the reason <laughs> I got a red light and I'm obsessed with it. Just so you know, <laughs> I love I'm that. absolutely obsessed. With okay. It. Like our activity light. I'm like my red lights on. I get to do all the activities now. <laughs> my activity light. I love that. That's literally, yeah. it's like, it's like activity time goes, then I'm like oh, journal and cards and all of these things. That is amazing. So well, I want all of the women listening to this to be in your world and your energy to learn from you. So Outside of your podcast, which is your body has your back. Um, how can women find you? How can they work with you be in your world? 
Yeah. So for all like kind of the gut health world, um, I'm active on Instagram at above health and more so recently TikTok. Um, oh, <laughs> so public embarrassment. Here we are. I, I got to follow you, know. you on TikTok. I haven't checked this out <laughs> Me yet. Too. We're, we're new. We're new to the TikTok world. But I'm we're, a TikToker. We're, <laughs> I, well, I'm like taking notes and I just, you know, just talking in there at the moment. But um, and then uh, I run a one-on-one private practice where I support um both women and men in kind of healing from like digestive issues, gut health. Uh, and I also have an online program called no drama digestion, which is a six month program. So we really work through the tools of nutrition, lifestyle, targeted supplements and expert guidance for myself and my health coach to really take you through the timeline that, it, that kind of at minimum it takes to, to heal a gut. So, um, it's a really wonderful program and, um, great, tools to kind of put the resources in, in many people's hands at, um, more kind of approachable, uh, means. Yeah. I can attest to this. Abby helped me with my gut health at an extremely stressful time in my life, which I've talked about on this podcast. Um, and I'm super, super grateful for that. And for you, thank you, (laughs) Jillian, what about you? Yes. So you can, um, find me over on Instagram at Jillian Greaves RD. Um, and in terms of kind of, you know, what, what I, uh, offer, if you do need additional support in terms of, um, you know, things going on with hormones. So, uh, PCOS endo- endometriosis, PMS, PMDD, thyroid infertility. Um, I have a private practice. Um, I have a practitioner that works with me and we see one-on-one clients and we also offer a PCOS group program, which is a three-month program, um, geared towards helping women with PCOS, um, you know, more deeply understand the root causes of their PCOS, um, and, you know, helping women to, uh, heal those things naturally. I love it. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. I'm going to have all of their info in the show notes so you can easily find their podcasts, their Instagrams and follow them. Um, I really, really appreciate you just like pouring value into this community because I know they are going to love this episode. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. If you vibe with this episode, I would love to hear from you. You know at Crying Burns Calories, we are all about community and connection and just changing the conversation about life for women. So if this episode was helpful for you, I would love if you could tag me, share it on your Instagram stories so I can thank you and also so we can just continue to get the message out and growing this amazing community.